Hi, good morning, and welcome to another episode and session of Ask Ellie, your questions answered intuitive insights. So today's topic is the new episteme. And after I've answered your questions, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the new episteme that we're currently living in. We're going to talk about dimensionality and what's next for the collective consciousness. And before we begin, I do want to send out special condolences to a dear friend who has supported my podcast by being on it each week, always there, and a really fabulous support. And I'd like to send out my condolences to him and his family on the passing of his mother this morning. She had a wonderful life and she lived to be 92 years young. And she was such a blessing to the planet and to her family. And so I'd like to send out special condolences again to this family. And um, yeah, moving on from that, um, with that energy, just know, we all know that as our loved ones depart and move on, they're not really leaving us. They're leaving us in the physical body. However, they are entering into another plane. A lot of People have chosen to leave in the last few months, especially since the Lionsgate portal, which opened up in July. And we had a numerous, numerous passings during this time of people leaving. Many people are also leaving the earth right now. And because of the changes that are coming, which we are going to be talking about in a few minutes. So in the meantime, let's get some of these questions answered that have been, um, that have been sent in to me a little bit earlier. And we'll get those questions answered for you right now. So the first question came out of South Carolina. And the question is, hi, Ellie. I listen to your podcast weekly and thank you for your insights. My question, I really want to move and start my life over in a new town. I'm afraid and excited at the same time. The thought of moving frightens me and the thought of having a new life excites me. KY out of SC. All right, KY, so let's start taking a look at a few things that are going on. Um, just re just a really quick aside. The If you're familiar with the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, which was um, written, uh, I'd have to make this up, I'm not quite sure when he wrote it, 1926, and it was written by George S. Classen. And this is a fabulous little book about learning how to acquire wealth and save money, basically more acquire wealth, how to become the richest man or woman in Babylon. And in his book, George S. Klassen emphasizes that it's very important for the man who lives on the farm, as he called it, to go into the city on occasion and for the city dweller to go to the farm. When we change our environment, we change um a lot of things around us. So if we look at it in terms of changing our environment, we begin to change our environment and we have to switch when we first go into an environment that we don't know anything at all. We leave a habitual way of thinking and we end up going into a cognitive process. So the brain undergoes 
a transition right there, the way that you think, the way that you use your brain, all of a sudden, the process of going into a new environment becomes cognitive and not habitual. So let's just talk about that a little bit. So when you drive your car and you live in the same neighborhood and you go to the supermarket and to the bank and you just go on autopilot and sometimes you ask yourself after you get home, oh, geez, I don't even remember driving. And that's because you were in a hypnotic state and on autopilot and your body was going through the movements of driving home. There was nothing cognitive about it. And now if you take that same experience and put yourself into a new town that you have never been in before and you're following directions and driving at the same time, you are going to be highly aware and very cognitive as to where you're going and what you're doing. You will be heightened in heightened awareness. You might not even be able to listen to music while you're in this process because your awareness needs to be focused on your environment and where you're going and what you're doing. Now, when a person from the farm leaves and goes into the city, if they're going in for the first time, again, they're their awareness will have to be heightened. It will become a cognitive process. And so when we move from place to place, we have new experiences, not only in our environment, but the way that we use our brain and the way that our brain starts working in our synapses. So there's an entire new process that happens for the brain as we move into new environments. And so just going into a new environment, I'm not saying you have to pick up all your belongings and head into a new town to start a new life. However, changing your environment and going from one location to another that is quite different is extremely healthy for your brain, your body, your mind, your soul. So now in terms of moving into a new space, this of course can be extremely frightening, especially if you don't know where you're going. So it will depend on your self-talk as to what it is that you are looking for as you move along. So KY, one of the things that I'm getting for you is that you've already made a decision and this is now psychic. This is not, um, uh, this is not practical experience over here, but you've made a decision to move. You know that you, you know, your heart and your soul know that it's time to go. And what I'm seeing over here is that it's not so much fear. Well, it doesn't look as if it's so much fear that's holding you back, but rather it is the uncertainty of what life will be like. And it also looks as if you're waiting for some sort of, I'm going to call it a sign or some kind of an invitation where someone is coming to you and says to you, hey, this is, you know, we really want you to come here. And what I'm getting over here, KY, is that you are going to receive that sign or that invitation and that someone will be letting you know, hey, we really want you to come here. We want you to move to us. So now this will make things a whole lot easier for you also because you'll be moving into a neighborhood and an area, not a neighborhood. You looks like you're going to be changing, changing states, as a matter of fact, over here, KY. And you'll be moving into an area that has your tribe. And when I say your tribe, these are like-minded people that think like you and 
that's what I'm getting over here. And you will be very joyous. Of course, you want to give yourself a certain amount of time to acclimate and then be real careful about your um, be real careful about your self-talk so that you know that your self-talk over here is in alignment with what it is that you want. And so rather than ruminate and go back, oh, I don't know if I should have done this. I don't know if this is something that I really needed to do. Rather start asking yourself questions as to, hey, I'm so excited. I'm moving now. This is such an exciting time. I look forward to today. I look forward to meeting new people. I look forward to my new experiences. So by doing this, KY, what will happen is you'll create an effervescent energy in your body. When you raise your physical vibration, obviously you're going to attract new and wonderful experiences. So the goal over here is to continuously raise your vibration, raise the energy in your body. One of the ways to do this through state change is self-talking so that you start to get excited from within. Again, as within, so without. Okay, um, intending that has helped you. And if not, please, please, please um, drop me an email at ellie at elliemolina.com. And if you want to set up a session, you know that just mentioning the podcast, you'll receive 20% off your session. Just email me, let me know, and I'll get back in touch with you and we can talk about this a little bit more. So good morning. I'd like to welcome the people who have entered into the call today. So good morning, Eva and Taz and Thomas. Good morning. And if you have any questions, um, please feel free to um, share with us or ask me. Thomas, I'd like to just thank you for being on the on my calls so religiously and being such a great friend to me personally. And even though we've never met and we have just been wonderful friends throughout these few years. And earlier in the podcast this morning, I dedicated some time and acknowledgement to your mom. And I just shared that your mom has left this plane today and that she's in a beautiful space and she will guide and help everyone um, that has had contact with her as an angel to help us as we pass through the next few months to years of this transition that is happening. And so we just send you all our love and condolences. And Eva says, wishing you the best during this time, Thomas. And that is how I feel. And so many of you here, you are very loved, as was your mom. And may she rest in peace and watch over us from her plane right now. Okay. Um, any questions right now before I move on to today's topic? Okay. All right. No questions yet. All right. You can always pop in, ask questions, leave your comments. So today we're going to talk about uh, the new episteme and what this is and why we're looking at a new episteme and what this means for the collective consciousness. So back a few years ago, actually really back a while ago in the 60s already, we were talking, we had heard about the age of Aquarius you know, and we sang about it. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And so there's been a lot of talk about the age of Aquarius, the new earth. Edgar Tully even wrote his book called The New Earth. And so 
we can look at it from many different perspectives um, as a new earth, or we can look at it from a philosophical viewpoint as a new episteme. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today. And um, yeah, so right now, this is again, a lot of the information that I'm sharing with you is not is personal. It's also psychic that but remember, the filter is coming through me. And it is also my perception of what it is that I'm looking at. So although I'm not an authority on this, there's not one way to look at it. But for me, and the way that I am perceiving it based on astrology, and based on current reality and trends, this is we are in a time right now, where we believe that we are existing in isolation, we see ourselves as part as as unique, and we are unique. However, no matter where we are, we all exist as part of a whole. We are part of a collective consciousness. You know, if you think of your body, there are hundreds and thousands of billions of cells, and each cell is vital and important and affects the body. And so it is with all of us as a collective consciousness. And our collective consciousness is going through dramatic dramatic changes right now. And we are going through circumstances um, that like we have never seen before. The planet is shifting. Consciousness is shifting. We've spoken about third, fourth, fifth dimensionality. We've spoken about what does it look like to get there. And actually, this is what it looks like as we transcend the the frequencies and move through the dimensionalities. This is what it looks like. And so this raises another question as to epistemes and what is an episteme. And the an episteme, to understand it, an episteme is a cultural um, behavior. It's actually cultural in terms of consciousness and unconsciousness. So um, let's go back a little bit in terms of what is an episteme, episteme, I'm sorry. And it was the famous philosopher, linguist, and historian, Michael Foucault, who said that he really talked and worked with epistemes. And he taught that history of science is not a singular linear trajectory towards more knowledge, but rather perspectives, conversations, discoveries, insights that disrupt current cultural perspective. And Foucault talks around only three major epistemes in the last 800 years in Western European culture. And so if we're going to look at an episteme, um, there's the conscious behavior of a culture and the unconscious behavior. And the conscious behavior rules, the conscious rules of society are the rules that we know and understand consciously and we make decisions according to. And the unconscious levels that determine how we think, how we write, behave, they are deeply embedded into our society and to our belief system. So if we take a look at the Middle Ages, what was considered scientific knowledge back then would be ridiculed by today. Um, however, at that time, those teachings, that knowledge was termed scientific fact. So anybody have a question right now as I continue? Uh, okay, so 
continuing on over here with epistemes. So we look at the episteme right now, that is the unconscious rule that governs all of this. So sometimes these things are not taken seriously. Remember, this is an unconscious behavior, and it distinguishes itself from a paradigm. A paradigm is conscious, and the scientists and researchers are conscious of the knowledge and the behavior, but the episteme is unconscious because the rules are so deeply ingrained in our thinking. And so if we look at um, the episteme right now of what I believe that when we call this the new earth, that we are actually in a brand new episteme. And that all of the changes that are coming upon us right now, um, take a look at all of the environmental changes that are happening, the planetary changes that are happening, the um, virus that has come upon, let's just, I'm going to call it the virus that has descended upon us. All of these are parts of the episteme now that is changing collective consciousness. It is raising our awareness as to what is going on. People are no longer, quote unquote, sleeping through a third dimension. So we'll go back and talk a little bit about the third dimension. And in order for us to raise our consciousness and to gain this awareness, we need to actually wake up. Um, okay. Really quickly, going off to a slight little tangent about waking up, we have known, researchers have known, philosophers have known, we've always spoken about the human being as a machine. And back in the days where Gurdjieff taught in Russia, he taught the, um, his philosophy was really ingrained in teaching that humans are machines. We are on autopilot. We sleep through most of our lives. We sleep through the day. And that gets right back into driving. When you're driving and you're driving unconsciously and not in a cognitive process, you are in your human machine. Now, in your human machine, when you are responding as a human, you are most of the time you are in habitual behavior. So you go through your day habitually. There's nothing cognitive about it. You're not adding any new knowledge most of the time. You're not adding any new thoughts. It's like a record player going through the loop. And then in the human machine, when people interact with you and they say something that you disapprove of, you will react rather than respond because you are in the human machine. It is a sleep. Gurdjieff talks about it as being asleep. Now, how does the human machine wake up? The human machine wakes up when it realizes that there are more parts to us than we realize. We look at our consciousness and we look at our levels of awareness. And that is the first step, even re remembering and looking that there are different forms of an I, meaning capital I as in I am. And one fabulous example of this is in Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, is when he looked down and he said, I um, have been having this thoughts about myself. And so if there's an I and there's a myself, there must be more to me than just my personal view of what I'm looking at. So 
that recognition right there that there is more to the I and there are more ways of perceiving our own consciousness and our own thoughts had Eckhart Tolle delve into looking at life through the power of now. And so getting back to the human machine, one of the greatest things that we can do to be of service to ourself and humanity is to recognize that we are human machines and that we make meaning out of things. Again, we create meaning out of everything. And so just take a look now at the virus. Okay. So when we're looking at the virus, we can go online, we can go anywhere, we can have a conversation with anyone, and we're going to find multiple unending uh, definitions as to what is going on. There will be a viewpoint that everyone everyone will have a view. Everyone will have an opinion. Everyone will give it meaning. Now, what the real meaning is has yet to be distinguished. That will be based on scientific knowledge later. And that gets back into the episteme. So it's kind of like, imagine me going in a circle right now, a loopy loop. All right. So now let's get back into the awareness. If we are unaware and in our human machine, we will do exactly what we are told. We are programmed to not think. We are programmed to believe. And when I say programmed, it's not like anyone is programming us. It is our human experience. And who programs us? The collective consciousness that we are part of. So if you envision yourself as being a body and all the cells are working together, so it is the it's all the cells together working to create the movement of the body. And some of the individual cells go rogue, of course, during from time to time, creating inflammation and illness. And yet the body and all its cells move together as a collective. So now that is the experience of being a sleeper. So you will do what you were told. You will spend your time in sleep, in a waking sleep state. And it is only when something happens in your life, usually it becomes a something happened. And in that instance, that something happened, you wake up, there is called the awakening. And that is when you realize that not only are you more than you're just more than your physical body, but that you have levels of consciousness that you can access at any time. If you were to take your focus and awareness to those levels of consciousness. So example, you can take your awareness and your focus and look at your body from a higher perspective and see yourself looking down at your body functioning, doing its thing. That's a different perspective. That will then bring you into the space of being awake and conscious of what's going on. You now become the observer. And so in an awakened state, you can go through your day and you can pay attention to things from an awakened point of view, then you're not long, you're no longer sleeping. You get to make decisions about what it is that you're going to buy into. You get decisions, you make decisions as to what plane you are living in, what your perspectives are, what your viewpoints are, and the nature of your own reality. You get to create your reality 
based on being awake and not in the sleeper state. The sleeper state will continue to provide you with a lower frequency, third dimensional reality. You will do what you are told. When you wake up, you can consciously look at what is going on. You can have different viewpoints of what is going on, and then you can make decisions. Now, in this episteme that we are currently in, it becomes challenging to look at it from a higher perspective because we're actually in it. But when historians look back on this time period, this will be regarded as we haven't even gotten a name for this. This could be called the technological age, but this is different from this is very, very different, this episteme from what happened when we went into the industrial age, because this is affecting consciousness on many different levels. Whereas in the industrial age, the consciousness was still pretty much in a third dimensionality with a few beings who were more enlightened working from higher dimensions to bring a higher level of consciousness during that time. Whereas right now we are in this super, super high tech area right now. And during this time, a lot of people are waking up and we are transcending into a higher level of consciousness and that we are seeing this shift. We're seeing the divide. We're seeing the split. We are going to be witnessing it depending on your age, how long you'll be here on the planet. And so when we look at what's going on, this again is all part of planetary shifts that need to happen. It's being created by not only a collective consciousness, but it's also being created by astrological events that we, we believe we have control over, but we really don't. So that again, we go back to the age of Aquarius, we go back to what happens as Saturn enters Capricorn. So if we look astrologically at what's been going on in our life right now, and what's happening around us as a collective consciousness, we can find that a lot of this makes sense going back to when Saturn decided, when it didn't decide, when Saturn entered into Capricorn. And we look at what's been happening historically, and it all ties in with Saturn entering Capricorn. And now Saturn will enter into Aquarius. And this can be termed the Aquarian age. We're going to see a lot of different things happening as Saturn turns, as Saturn enters into Aquarius. And when Saturn enters into Aquarius, um, the the turn the the themes of Saturn in Aquarius are going to be freedom and justice. It will be truth. And so how, again, we never know how we're going to get there. We never understand exactly what it is that will take us to having freedom, justice, truth, um, liberty, revealed to us and we don't see these paths right now there's a lot of trajectories that we are on right now and we create our own realities you know and then we have that collective consciousness that is moving us in one direction so this becomes pivotal right now that we get as many people as we possibly can to wake up. So in the space of waking up, we do not have to go down the trajectory of dystopia that we have seen uh, such an increase in, in since the 1990s in video gaming, movies, the level of um, programming for kids via video games and movies since, and, and novels and books, um, 
same thing, right? Um, since the 1990s has historically never been this great. Dystopia is the theme. And so if we allow ourselves as a collective consciousness to be programmed by what it is that we are seeing every single day, uh, we have to be very, very mindful that we do not participate, encourage, and go down the trajectory of dystopia. We at are at a turning point right now. We have the opportunity and the ability to make choices. And so many people say, oh, Ellie, you're so you, you're such a utopian over here. Well, I do believe in utopia. It will take something to get there. It will take a severe waking up. And if the planet and the universe and our creator and source needs us to wake up and to help other people wake up. This is our time. This is our obligation. This is our responsibility. We need to reach as many people as we can to wake them up so that we can move away from a, tra a trajectory of dystopia, despair, destruction, and move into protecting the planet, becoming a planetarian, healing the planet, healing ourselves, working collectively as a collective consciousness for the, for the sustainability of our planet and making sure that our planet is respected as our home. It is all uh, part of a larger episteme that we are entering into, but we've got to do our part on this one. Oh, so anyway, really quickly, um, I have a comment over here. Thanks, Ellie. Do you ever make or can you recommend any guided meditations for us being an observer? Uh, no, but that's, I don't have a meditation, but I can create one, Eva, and that is a wonderful idea, and I will do so. And then I will create that and have it put onto Insight Timer, and Insight Timer has wonderful meditations and wonderful people, and... Um, Okay, um, Christine wants to share something with us. Oh, um, oh, okay, okay. Hi, Ellie, I just wanted to share with you that um, I don't want to mention any names. C is getting married to M this Saturday in Florida, and B and I are going to Florida this Thursday. You predicted this years ago. All my love always. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Congratulations. I am very happy on the marriage of your daughter and, and, and her beau and enjoy yourselves and stay safe and healthy and have a beautiful wedding. And um, yeah, people, uh, please stay safe, protect yourselves. I can't tell you what to do other than wake up, pay attention, you create and cause your reality. And so just be mindful of everything that you're putting out into the collective consciousness with your thoughts. We want to stay away from fear and dystopia. We want to create a planet that works for us and for those that we leave behind. And so I thank you all for calling in today, for being here today. And I'm so happy for people's uh, successes over here. And um have a beautiful, beautiful day, beautiful wedding, and go create your lives to your fullest. All right. I look forward to seeing you all next week, Tuesday, 
Uh, much love, many blessings. Please share the podcast if you want to have a reading or a session. Of course, it's always 20% off for everyone on the podcast. Just mention it. And much love, many blessings to all of you. Have a great week. See you soon. Thank you. Bye.